It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this. If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel, or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world, I want to make something available to you. Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training. Well, I will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available. And not only just bring them on, but to develop relationships with them that build into know, like, and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire. You'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience. Go to podcastingheroes.com. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-H-E-R-O-E-S.com. Dr. Ben Tapper, welcome to the show. Welcome to Become Your Own Superhero. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Dude. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Ben, uh, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever won any awards in your life? Have I won some awards? Oh, yeah. man. Well, you know, um, yes, I have. Yeah. You What's know, your favorite? Know. What's your favorite award that you've ever won? I would say, goodness, put me in the spot. The are starting out, but that's okay. Well, uh, you know the uh, it just the, froze. The- it just froze. So whatever you said sounded hilarious, but it just froze. So no one heard it. What did, what did you say? <laughs> I said I usually like to start out. What's your favorite color? But we're going to dive right in. <laughs> we're diving into what's a little bit more serious. So my favorite awards. Goodness, oh, I had a. Uh, I believe I got like a brother's uh, in my, I was part of this brotherhood. We call it the brotherhood of uncommon men. I was part of a fraternity in, in my in grad school. And we were, I don't know if you've ever seen animal house with uh, John Belushi back in the day, but <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that was basically what the pie house was like. We were the black sheep on campus. It wasn't, we were kind of there to make fun of all other fraternities. And, uh, and we were truly a brotherhood <clears throat> of uncommon men and, I, I believe I received uh, an award there. I was I got elected as a social chairman, and, and that was a pretty cool award. Um, you know, and trying to think of you know some other awards. I I've been labeled. I would say that's an award by the president. Uh, the disinformation dozen. That's always fun to be labeled that. I mean, that uh, is probably my biggest label. Excuse me. Even though it, it has a negative connotation to it, um, I consider it a badge of honor. So. Well, you just nailed it. That's exactly <laughs> where I wanted this to go. Because I, I and I'd love for you to explain in, in over a couple of moments what that actually is so people have an idea. Well, you know, I always joke and say nobody knew who I was prior to uh, you know, 2020, even though locally they did. I was putting on seminars for years on 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 the manipulation of data in the pharmaceutical industry with the national reporting system, because they would always push influenza vaccinations. And I'd always talk about this and, and uh, basically, uh, you know, nobody really seemed to care prior to 2020, even though we started Nebraska's medical freedom for, uh, uh, you know, from Nebraskans, we started a group called Nebraskans for medical freedom in 2017 that would fight against all the draconian bills that would come our way. And, uh, you know, they were trying to take away our rights and freedoms for your ability to re- to refuse a pharmaceutical product, which is, is criminal. And so, you know, I spoke out. We had a seminar in 2019 of October, and uh, basically I, I talked about how, you know, um, there's all this manipulation of data. I said there's a lot of things coming our way, and I kept speaking out about it. And uh, if you look at... Uh, 2019, it really foreshadows of what was happening. I mean, you got the event 201, which is very eerie in itself. Uh, it was a simulation. If you're not familiar with that, it's a simulation of basically a great pandemic just a few months prior to the pandemic hitting. And then when you watch it, it's so real that it's like, is this, did this happen? Or, but it, it was a simulation. It almost messes with your brain. And then, you know, but uh, we have the uh, advisory committee, the ACIP uh, for immunization practices state that they can't force vaccinate, but they can force compliance. Um, so that raised a red flag. 
And then you have the World Health Organization stating that, you know, the greatest threat to our health are those who refuse vaccinations. And then you have the vaccine summit, all the talking heads basically talking about kind of, you know, trying to fight and combat vaccine hesitancy. And um, their goal was to come after people like myself. Well, in 2020, um, I was very vocal because I said there's they're manipulating data because flu disappeared. The PCR test was not meant to be diagnostic. Uh, holds no weight in the clinical setting. I try to talk about that race, shine light on it. And I was banned from social media uh, or in Facebook jail, call you. Um, and then the real caliber of censorship occurred uh, shortly after my my speech went viral. It was in August of 2020. And I was speaking against, against the mask mandate. Uh, the video, I prayed to the good Lord, let these words travel far and wide. And within just 24 hours, that speech uh, had you know millions of views and it went all around the country. The world, I'm sorry. I mean, I had people from Costa Rica. I had people from Greenland, Denmark, um, Ukraine. It was crazy uh, reaching out to me. And it was overwhelming because I didn't really ask for it, but maybe I did. I prayed, Lord, let these words travel far and wide. He answered that prayer. Amen. And, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and so that's why you know, it's so funny because I had a saying in my office. It was right next to the Justin Bay. And I, I would see that that uh, that sign, th- uh, you know, a thousand times a week you know, going in and out of that room. And, and, uh, it's like, you know, the science, it was a quote from BJ Palmer. It's, you know, we never know how far reaching something we may think say or do today will affect the lives of millions tomorrow. And I'm like, you know, I'm just BH Tapper yahoo.com here. I'm just a you know, small town chiropractor that spoke passionately with conviction and that, and the conviction is what, uh, the, and the courage is what ignited, um, you know, the attention, and it just goes to show you that people are starving for what we have to offer right now. And the soil for truth is rich. But, you know, shortly after that, I got labeled, going back to the awards, I got labeled the disinformation dozen by, um, it was uh, some, uh, I forget the name of the organization. It's something that the, um, it's a, the uh, Corporation for Fighting Digital Hate or something. It was just, it's a very stupid name and it, it makes zero sense what they do because everything they do is they just go after natural health practitioners uh, and they're just trying to censor people uh, in the name of, you know, vaccine information. Like the vaccines are tried and true. Don't ever question them. And it's just absolutely absurd. It's, it actually is a, it's an insult to science. Um, but going back to that, I'm rambling on here. So I'm sorry, but, but the, you know, Not they, at all. They, they labeled me disinformation dozen <clears throat> along with actually 12 other people. So it's not really a dozen, it's 13. <laughs> I guess it doesn't. That, yeah, the bacon <laughs> dozen, right. Um, you know, and they uh, they said we're, we're responsible for 65% of the vaccine uh, misinformation and, and it's comical. I mean, and, you know, me, I'm just a small town chiropractor and you're slandering me. And the reason they fear uh, me, I swear, is because, you know, I had the courage to speak out in the face of universal deceit. And Ron Paul stated that, uh, you know, truth is treason and an empire of lies. And I believe it was George Orwellen who stated that in the times of universal deceit, telling the truth is a, is a revolutionary act. And, and that's what I did. I told the truth and I wasn't afraid to speak out because my convictions were greater than my complacency. My convictions were greater than my fear of persecution. I knew full well I was going to get some backlash. I knew full well that I was going to get some heat for speaking out. I mean, I ran a successful practice. I knew I was going to lose patients and I didn't get negative reviews in my clinic till they started, till that video went viral. And also all these negative reviews came in from crazy people saying I'm spreading misinformation and everything else and attack my business and my name and my reputation. But uh, but yeah, so that's where it happened. It was two months after that August of 2020 video video where the where the, I got labeled that disinformation doesn't. Well, congratulations! Uh, I think it's probably your best award, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. you know, it may not feel like it at the time, but you know, the 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 thing I love about this podcast, Ben, is that I I'm naturally a very curious human being. I think like a lot of people that are in the space, and I and I bought on. Scott Shepard, who was a former Grand Dragon for the Ku Klux Klan early on. And I wanted to get into the mind of how you even get anywhere near joining the Klan. And, and, you know, a brief synopsis was that he was the result of a very abusive childhood. His father literally murdered puppies, newborn puppies, by throwing them against the wall in front of the kids. You know, and all the other men that joined the Klan all came from equally dysfunctional backgrounds. I had a guy, uh, David Weiss, who's known as Flat Earth Dave, because I wanted to, I was fascinated to know about how someone could dedicate their whole life to the earth being flattened. 
And these people are not insane people. These are rational human beings. And I think when people imagine someone being labeled on a disinformation, Baker's dozen, like they imagine this crackpot. And, you know, you're a, a doctor of chiropractor and you've got, you're a father, you're a husband, you're passionate, and you're doing this from what I can tell, from what I've heard about you for your children's future. Amen. Am I wrong in any of this? No, brother. You hit the nail on the head. So how do we how do we allow people that are vitriolic in their approach? Because I remember this, Ben. I remember this at a point in my life hearing about anti-vaxxers. This is maybe 13, 14 years ago. I remember reading an article or watching something about it, and I was thinking, how could they be so selfish? And I'm the guy that went and got all my typhus and polio and all the other stuff before I went and traveled you know, to South America, and they gave me my anti-malarial drugs, which were – doxycycline, which are an antibiotic, which I'd had when I got a dose of the clap when I was 17. And I was like, why are they giving me antibiotics for this? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So how do we how do we get this message out to to allow people to maybe consider shifting their thinking? Well, we need to listen to the docs that are that care. That's the first and foremost. Um, and listen to observation not we need to get away from these administrative doctors who are pushing an agenda like ouchie fauci uh, you know the field of practice is what graduates a true physician the physician that cares for the patient that wants what's best for the patient to remove the ego um, you know a lot of the doctors are in this field to get rich um, you know that's what they care about they just want to care about the numbers so they try to utilize every billing avenue that they can i'm not for government taking over health care i believe i i stand with the quote thomas jefferson stated that if the people let the government decide what foods they eat what medicines they take their bodies will soon be in a sorry state as old souls who live under tyranny um, so i'm not a fan of the government coming in um, i'm actually kind of anti-government taking over anything i think the government kind of just basically likes to pee in everybody's cereal and, and claim they're doing good, you know? And, and so, you know, um, I don't really, I don't, I really don't even understand the point of government. Um, but anyway, I digress, but back to what's going to change or what's going to, you know, understand, um, for people to understand, you know, the truth is we need to educate the people. I mean, big pharma has monopolized for healthcare. They are they are the biggest industry in the world, and there's a time and place for allopathic care. Going back to the, you know, the I love the illustration of the wilted plant. You know, what does the wilted plant need? You know, the allopathic world they want to cut off its leaves, they want to medicate or vaccinate the plant, and you know, but the real true the true physician is is one that sees that the plant has a healing power inside of it, and it just needs water, and it can be well. You know, nature doesn't need interference. Uh, it doesn't need help. It just needs no interference. And the thing is, there might be a time and place to cut off the dead leaves that, you know, it might need some chemical, um, you know, supplementation in uh, in the soil. But really, there's an innate intelligence. God put an innate intelligence inside every living living organism. And we need to understand that. I mean, Big Pharma is trying to convince everyone that the body is completely weak, deficient, and flawed when we come into this world that we need how many vaccines now? I mean, their goal is to have an unlimited amount of vaccines on the schedule. And it's just absolutely absurd. I mean, you have the Vaccine Injury Conversation Act of 86 and the government basically, uh, Big Pharma, I'm a capitalist through and through, but crony capitalism is what we're seeing here. And Big Pharma has hijacked our government to funnel in basically uh, and monopolize the health industry by using the government to mandate, enforce and coerce. And that's the problem. We need to break those chains from the from the big pharma and the government. And we do that when we are educated. You know, the the true meaning of doctor is teacher. So we need to teach. The doctors, the true doctors need to start teaching and educating the people, especially in today's time. Like I said earlier, the soil for truth is rich. Well, the people are starving for what we have to offer right now, the true doctors, the doctors that understand that the body is self-healing, self-regulating. If we give the body what it needs, it can be well. And like I said, we need to understand that there is a different paradigm out there. Now, the crisis paradigm, the allopathic crisis paradigm paradigm is great. They save lives. Uh, you know, there's a time and place for surgery. There might be a time and place for some drugs. But to understand that these drugs do not and will not ever bring true health and wellness, um, that's the key we need to understand. It's for a short-term acute care crisis, and that's it. You go extend beyond that, then you need to shift 
um, and let go of that patient and find someone that can get them well and shift them into a wellness prevention uh, doctor. I mean, Benjamin Franklin said, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Get those patients into a doctor that understands true healing, what it means to be healthy and wellness. Don't just pharmaceutical, just give them a, pharm uh, a pharmaceutical uh, for the rest of their life and just palliate their poor lifestyle. That's not going to help them at all get any better. We need to get them, um, we need to get them good food, good supplementation, move them away from toxicity to deficiency into purity and sufficiency. We need to start moving, move well. I mean, movement is a nutrient. Um, and, you know, chiropractic is so important because, you know, we, we put motion into areas of the spine that aren't moving, you know, and, and movement in that spine generates 90% of the stimulation nutrition to the nervous system. We understand that the nervous system controls every cell, every tissue and organ in the body, as long as we get that movement in there. That's why movement is so essential. And it is so funny to me when people say, oh, chiropractic quackery, that's not a real thing. Or if you look at Wikipedia, <laughs> you know, and if you go to the Wikipedia, they'll say, oh, Ben Tapper is a self-proclaimed doctor. He's not a medical doctor. And I'm like, no, S-H-I-T, Sherlock. I'm not a, a medical doctor. I'm proud of to say that I'm a doctor of chiropractic. It's like, when did the medical doctor get on the pedestal here? And that's the problem. It's like, you know, when people say that, I'm like, you are part of the problem. When you just think that the medical doctor is the only doctor out there. I mean, what are their modes of treatment? Drugs and surgery. That's it. If you want to go that route, then go that route. You could say Dr. Tapper doesn't prescribe medicine. And I'm proud to say that. I don't prescribe medicine. You know, I work with the natural, uh, the natural laws inside the body that were put there, the innate intelligence inside the body. Now, going back to that, we just need to shift away and have an understand and respect the paradigms that we are in. I mean, I, I work in the wellness and prevention paradigm, and that paradigm is completely ignored. And big pharma is trying to shove these vaccines into the wellness and prevention paradigm. And when doctors call my office, these medical doctors they have these egos that can't even fit through the door. And they tell me, oh, you have no business speaking on the matter. I get my blood pressure goes through the roof because I said, I am defending my paradigm. You're shoving these vaccines down everyone's throat and they're not they have no business being in a wellness and prevention paradigm. And that's the problem that we're in because they they have expanded their scope of practice because they're they, they're greedy. Big Pharma is greedy. Let's face it. They have grown so big into this giant monster of a field that they're in. And they think that they can pharma, uh, uh, you know, pharmacate our way into health. And it doesn't work that way. Yeah, amen, brother. <laughs> you know, my my health journey was 17 years of gastrointestinal reflux disorder, which was in this incurable autoimmune disease that 20 different medical geniuses all told me was, you know, totally unfixable. And I watched one interview with Dr. Chris Kresser and on Joe Rogan's podcast in 2017 and uh or 2016 and cut gluten out of my diet and refined um grains and carbohydrates. And all of a sudden, you know, 17 years just evaporated. It was gone within Boom. four days, right? And I was right. like, what else are these motherfuckers wrong about? <laughs> and so right. that sort of started me on this journey. So when, when coronavirus came around, I was well, well skeptical. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough on the weekend to be in a, a conference. Um, I think it might have been the Medical Freedom Alliance with Del Bigtree was the keynote. And he was talking about, you know, a lot of people in this space, Ben, talk about, this deliberate attempt to try and, you know, depopulate and all this other stuff. But he was, he, he brought a, a perspective, not saying that that's not true, but he brought a perspective on a lot of these people that are doing and instructing a lot of this believe their own hype. And he said, it's because they don't believe in God. They believe that they are God. And what are your Ooh. thoughts on that? I see a lot of that, my friend. The egos. I mean, look at the, uh, I mean, that's why I said this whole thing is spiritual friend. If you look back again, they completely, it's a secular way of thinking. I mean, first and foremost, we're not just human beings having this spiritual experience. We are very much spiritual vessels having a, a human experience. And they're the, the science that is accepted as science in today's world is not science at all. It is theory. I mean, look at uh, the germ theory. I mean, we're told that we're sick because of bad germs. There's droplets causing the spread of this disease can affect healthy people. Well, if that were true, we'd all be dead. Nobody can, no one would be alive to talk about this germ theory. It is a theory. It is not a fact. Now, germs can cause problems in certain situations, in very rare situations, but it's not to be blamed on disease. I mean, we, we have more, we have 10 times more bacteria on and in the body than we do cells. And blaming germs 
on disease or the spread of Corona baloney is a lot like blaming the flies for the trash. You know, we need to understand that uh, it's a symbiotic relationship. I mean, we have, I mean, look at the gut. You're talking about the gut. Well, you know, the reason why a lot of that cutting the gluten and garbage out because <clears throat> glyphosate is, is, is in all, most of your processed gluten or wheat. And it's, um, and glyphosate is a, is a chelator. It's a mineral chelator. It acts like an antibiotic. It, it just completely wipes out the gut. And we wonder why we have all these gastro issues. And that's one of the reasons get that garbage out of there. Our food is nutritionally bankrupt and, um, you know, but, uh, but anyway, it's, it's, it's just, it's really interesting. Um, when you really think about the things that we're in and what we're being told and, and, and going back to the sciences, the science is never settled. Science is observational and we are being indoctrinated in this germ theory type thinking. And that's not scientific at all. And they just don't want us to ask questions. That's why they have these bumper sticker slogans that are pushed through the media because people remember, oh, the science is settled. Vaccines don't cause autism, blah, 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 blah. And people remember that and they parrot what the TV tells them. And they don't even have an ounce of critical thinking to think for themselves to start questioning things. Science is uh, should be allowed to question or it should be it should handle questioning. And we learn through the lenses of observation what we can observe. And, you know, we're told that we're sick because of bad germs or really or bad genes. And genetics do play a role in about one to two percent of pathologies like Down syndrome or cystic fibrosis. But it's never to be blamed on the cause of most of 98 percent of diseases and disease disease. Disease. Break the word down. Dis means away from ease. Ease um, is what we want. Our goal is to get into a state of ease. And when we are in a, let's say, if we have a disease, that's a disturbed condition. It's not a thing or entity like big pharma wants to to monopolize and capitalize on. They want to create a thing or an entity out of every symptomatology out there, so they can create a pharmaceutical drug for it or a vaccine for it. And that's the truth of the matter. They want to capitalize and monopolize on everything. And so they're going to convince you that you need that drug or that vaccine the rest of your life. And the only way out of this mess is to use their products. It's great marketing. It's great on a business model, but it's terrible for a health model. And that's the problem. And so um, and so that's where we're at. Ben, you've, you've been on the receiving end of... Uh, a lot of hate, a lot of vitriol, but there's also been some personal and family relationships which have which have come at the cost of this this journey that you're on now. And I, and I heard this; um, it might have been on Andy Frisella's um, podcast. I think that's who you the show you're on. And you were talking about family members that have that have gone the other way, and and some friends as well. And I want to know how you're doing and how you're managing that process because it's something that I've firsthand experienced. You know, even long before this, when I gave up alcohol, I've been sober for six and a bit years, I lost like 97% of my former circle of friends. So I was kind of used to the mourning process of losing people. But I got to say that the coronavirus, the lockdown, all this other stuff, it just it wiped out people that I thought were different. And there has been a grieving component to that. How? What are you doing to help mitigate a lot of that? Well, I, I moved to the woods. Uh, last year <laughs> and basically just isolated myself from society, you know, and it's okay. And uh, I wanted to focus on my priorities. I sold my clinic. I moved to the woods. I've unplugged. I've wake up in sweatpants and slippers. I got them on right now. I tell everybody I got sweatpants and slippers on and I've been waking up that way and I've been enjoying life. Um, it's been what? Uh, eight months now since I've been doing that. I've been playing a lot of banjo, a lot of guitar. I focus on the Lord, try to seek him out and have a good relationship with him. Um, that's what it's all about. That's all that matters in life. When when life gets crazy, I, I, you know, and I felt like my time, you know, our time is our greatest asset or health is our next greatest, greatest asset. But, you know, we, we, we only have so much time in this world and it's, and, you know, and I'm not going to lie. I was carrying a burden and I, still carry a burden. And that burden is a, a burden of truth that, you know, my heart is for people that persecute me and, and ridicule me and, and say terrible things about me. My heart is for them to see the, to the truth. I mean, I don't speak out. I do speak to encourage others that are like-minded. Absolutely. And try to keep, inspire them and encourage them to keep walking this path and on a path of truth. Uh, absolutely. But my heart, my true heart is for the people that are blind to this this mess, for them to see. 
uh, for them to see the truth. And I want them to see the truth and they can say terrible things about me. And they have said terrible things about me, but I love those people. I want them to see the truth. And, you know, I've had terrible things said about me and I've had, and I still pray for those people. I'm like this. And I, and I, and I try to reach out to some of those people. So I'm like, dude, just listen, give me an ounce of your time an ounce of your thought. Just hear me out. Don't label me as crazy, you know, but we have to understand, like, I'm a Christian, and I, I understand this is spiritual warfare. I mean, if you look at the vaccine summit of 2019, they took out In God We Trust, they put In Vaccines We Trust. They lit up the El Salvador statue of Jesus, and they said, vaccine saves. I read, you know, we homeschool our kids, and I saw in the homeschool curriculums how they talk about vaccinations as if it's a miracle from the Lord. Like, look at this. You know, we have this. The body is flawed, and we needed a Savior, and, this, and the God brought us a vaccine. Like, no, God brought his son, Jesus, not this whole vaccine garbage nonsense. And I start freaking out about it, but then I get labeled as crazy because <laughs> I'm like, I'm crazy for thinking that when you think this is a like a miracle, these pharmaceutical products. And I'm like, we're being deceived here. So, and then you sound like a Looney Tune for even saying that. I mean, it's like, and you get labeled a Looney Tune, you get labeled disinformation doesn't and everything else and yada, yada, yada. But, but, you know, I understand that this life is not just, I'm here on a mission, a purpose. I'm here to, to disciple. I'm here to minister. I'm here to, to, you know, I, I feel called and that's where we're at. And I can't just like, Hey, life's hunky dory and great. Yes. There are times for joy. There's times for laughter. There's a time to cry. There's a time to fight. There's a time to speak. There's a time to be silent. And, uh, you know, I, I felt that calling for the time to speak out and I spoke out. Okay. And so that's where I'm at. But the, the Bible, the Lord says that he makes our, 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 you know, his burden is light and his yoke is easy. And so, and I'm going to tell you something, I probably wouldn't be here today if I didn't have him in my life to lean on and trust in, because I feel like he's the one that called me down this path. It would have been a very miserable, 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 um, how do you say it, experience if I didn't have him. But again, that's where my conviction comes from. And, you know, it's, and maybe I would have just conformed if I didn't feel like this was a spiritual battle. Maybe I'll just conform and say, what's the big deal? Let's just conform and get this over with and just be compliant and silent and conform. But really that's, you know, that, that goes against every grain in my body. And again, it, um, you know, I was telling chiropractors and if you're a chiropractor, hopefully you have some chiropractors that listen to your episode here, your show, but you know, the chiropractors, I'm like, this is our time docs, the soil for the truth of the chiropractic is rich. Look at the Spanish flu hundred years ago, BJ Palmer, the developer of chiropractic. I mean, basically he just chiropractic exploded because he was the only physician that was going against the grain talking about is the hog fence, keep out mosquitoes. Then these masks don't do anything to this influenza. They're pushing an experimental influenza vaccine a hundred years ago, but we're forgetting history. We are literally forgetting history, and I have all the documentation to prove it, but those that wrote about the Spanish flu talked about how it was a great pandemic and so many people died. But you don't hear the other side of the story, how there's manipulation of data, propaganda, fear-mongering to push this influenza experimental vaccine 100 years ago. And that's why a lot of chiropractors, they wrote about fear. Fear in healthcare has no place, and fear is the fire that fuels the furnace of disease. And when we are fearful... You know, our body is susceptible and vulnerable for disease. And that's what we need to be careful about, especially with the, these manipulation, manipulative vision, television, pushing this fear mongering nonstop on the t- and, and it's terrible. Do you remember what the side effect from the vaccines in the Spanish flu was, Ben, for the top of your head, what the, what the disease was? Well, Spanish, you know, well, you, you go back, there's a lot. We've had a lot of, I mean, you look at uh, neurological problems back then. I mean, you had, uh, you know, they don't want to call it polio, um, but we have a lot of, uh, let's say, uh, metal uh, toxicities back then. Um, you know, Arterial meningitis, ring a bell? Well, that's the thing. That's the inflammation in the spinal cord. So we've had, you know, you have transmyelitis, you know, Guillain-Barre, the meningitis, all that's very similar. That's why I don't like naming symptomatology because it's all the same. It's, yeah. It's all, it's all inflammation in the spinal cord, even poliomyelitis. I mean, polio was diagnosed by observation and inflammation. So location and observation was where, um, sorry, location and inflammation. That's basically where it was diagnosed and how it was diagnosed. We'd observe inflammation in the gray matter of the spinal cord, which is the anterior horn of the spinal cord. And polio, you break the word down, polio means gray, myel is spine, and itis is inflammation. So poliomyelitis, we have diagnosed it by observing inflammation of the gray matter of the spinal cord, which is the anterior horn. 
well, how does that inflammation get there? If I were to give you metal toxicity or, or like, let's say arsenic or lead, guess that, guess where that inflammation is going to target the anterior horn or the gray or the gray matter of the spinal cord. So, but polio has been eradicated, right? Meningitis, same thing. You got metal toxicities. That's, that's going to be, that's going to cause inflammation in the spinal cord. And I argue that the only thing, you know, how that gets in there, when you break the skin barrier, that causes an immediate immune response. And this is so backwards thinking because the CDC, the ACIP, all these people that convinced the population um, that the vaccine takes two weeks to really kick in for your body to create teeters or antibodies to the vaccine. But what happens is is a very scary reaction. The first two weeks of any vaccine, it will cause an, an immune response called it. It's a it's an immunoglobulin E response. <clears throat> and that when immunoglobulin, I'm just gonna say IgE for short, IgE is triggered, which releases inflammation. And they'll tell you a little bit of inflammation is normal. But any inflammation with those types of ingredients is very, 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 very scary and should be cautious and it shouldn't and it should not be um you know, it shouldn't be implanted in the body because what happens when we have an IgE response, you get inflammation. And when you have inflammation, you get histamine. And when histamine is released, that histamine allows the blood brain barrier to be permeable. So now you have aluminum adjuvants, you have MSG, you have whatever, you know, even thimerosal or back before the, before they modified methylmercury to ethylmercury, it was, it was methylmercury, still a neurotoxin. I don't care if you drop the M off of it or not. It's still a very known neurotoxin. And all that will enter in the nervous system because when you have the IgE response, histamine is released, allows the blood-brain barrier to be permeable. Now you allow all this junk ingredients to enter in the nervous system. And that's why I say vaccinations cause the five Ds. You have neurological developmental delay, disorder, degeneration, demyelination, and now you have what I call gender dysphoria. Uh, you know, when you have a boreal fetal cell tissue, the epigenetic influence that those ha- those that cell line has on a developing nervous system from an epigenetic standpoint is going to wreak havoc on that nervous system. And you know, homosexuality has been around for since day one. But you got this gender dysphoria. We got grown men thinking that, hey, I'm a woman, or these boys legit think that they're girls, and and I believe that's an epigenetic influence due to the the cell lines in these in these vaccines. Well, that was a hell of a response, and uh, hopefully people had their theosauruses out there as well. Um, he, ben is speaking at a million miles a minute, but it, it's um, it's super important. And if you need to go back and, and research some of these words, because as you become more and more familiar with this stuff, being able to pay attention to what's going on in the world will, will infinitely go um, through the roof. The reason I wanted to ask you about that is that when I was nearly four years old, Ben, I came down with bacterial meningitis, right? And and uh, for years, I remember my mother said that the doctor told her that my older brother got a bump on his head and caught, um, and I caught it because my other cousin that they were playing with had bacterial meningitis in the throat, and that's how I got it. Well, I came to learn that I I got that after receiving what was the equivalent of what became MMR, because MMR came out a little bit later, and I was like, that's a hell of a coincidence, man. I had it for five days, came out. The other side completely scot free. Although some of my primary school teachers might uh, disagree with that, but but you know, and that so maybe maybe that happened to me in order for me to become hyper aware of this other stuff. I don't know. Uh, any thoughts? Well, I mean, I think when you go through a, an experience like that, absolutely, you're going to be your radar's on. You're going to be more tuned into what's going on, and so you know, there's just a lot to that. I mean, it's it's an interesting. Um, you know, thing that happened, but uh, you know, any correlation? Any correlation? I'm not saying it was the cause, but hell of a coincidence. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a coincidence. I mean, it's it, it, you know, you, you never know. I mean, it could be a cause or not, but uh, you know, I just I have very little trust in 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 any vaccine, and and so there's a lot of like I said, once you start going down this um, path with the vaccinations, nothing surprises me anymore. You know, it uh, it just it's just the reality of the situation. There's so much corruption. There's so much evil behind it. So nothing really surprises me anymore. Talk to us about this amazing documentary that you've got, Ben. Yeah, well, uh, we put out a documentary last December. Um, What's you know, cool? It's, it's called "The Time Is Now." You can watch it at timeisnow.movie. It's it's an interesting documentary put together. I felt called to do a documentary last year. We raised the funds, even though PayPal they seized our accounts, took the money. Uh, Venmo seized our accounts, um, took the money, and you know that movie was a hundred percent 
donation based. Uh, it was funded wow. through donations. And we have Peter McCullough. We have, you know, we have Robert Malone. We have um, a lot of great physicians in there and shine light on the corruption, the protocols, because people don't realize that these protocols were what, what, what was killing people in these hospitals. Excuse me. And, you know, it's like remdesivir, for instance. Remdesivir was the, the, the drug of choice, and it was implemented from a top-down protocol from the government, from Fauci. And, and they knew full well that this drug's track record had, had a failed track record, to, and it was known to cause organ failure and almost um, and fluid around the organs, vital organs. And it was still being implemented. So if you have a respiratory-type issue, like let's say corona, and you implement a drug called remdesivir in the body. I mean, what a way to essentially drown the patient. And then let's put a ventilator on them. So they, you know, it, it sounds like a good thing in theory, but what you do is just basically you're, you're essentially killing that patient. And that's what's happening. You're the, the remdesivir was caused an organ f- failure in all these patients. And, and you, and, and a lot of people died when they shouldn't have, uh, they, they could have lived. I firmly believe that if they didn't follow those protocols and the doctors that were prescribing ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine were persecuted and that's evil. It's criminal. When these drugs uh, were working and even Fauci was just on some talk show just the other day. And he was just saying that, Oh, ivermectin hydroxychloroquine shouldn't have never been prescribed. shouldn't have been used. But remdesivir should, and you're standing by remdesivir? I mean, the drug was used uh, for ESV back in the day, and it was pulled off the market because it was causing organ failure. I mean, NIH even put out a warning saying that this drug was causing organ failure. But let's put it on Let's put it on for corona. It's, absolutely, it's so bizarre and criminal when people truly look into the history of these things and start digging deeper. And so that's the whole point of the film is to shine light on the corruption of of you know the protocols that were being implemented uh you know also just the the some we have some testimonials in there from some vaccine injuries and um and just to shine light on it we try to be an encouraging have the uh, a very encouraging message at the at the end of this because you know we are on the right side of history we're on the right side of truth god's on our side and if he's for us then who could ever stand against us and so that's the whole point of the film is to encourage but shine light on uh, just kind of the history of Corona, because I feel like it's very important that our children's children's children know the truth about this so-called Corona pandemic, mm. which they probably will because of the World Health Organization's Agenda 2030 and Cricket Flower and Klaus Schwab, you <laughs> loan nothing and be happy. I mean, all that SHIT is coming down the pipeline. Well, you know the uh, the PayPal CEO is part of the uh, World Economic Forum, Ben. Ah, you know that. I'd like to have him over for dinner. <laughs> you and me both. You and me both. But uh, you know what I came to learn? I've um, I'm a speaker and a coach, and and I'm a writer, and I've got this podcast. But I'm also I've got a uh, a mastermind that I created called World's Best. Right? It's for but it's usually it's got mainly authors and speakers and podcasters in there, and we it's for anyone that declares himself the, the best in their world's best in their chosen niche, right? And it's usually non-quantifiable and intangible, so it's nothing to do with ego. And I'm known as the world's best courage coach, just in case you're wondering. Mm-hmm. The World Economic Forum is a mastermind that you join and you pay money. It's between like sixty to six hundred thousand dollars, probably a year, to join. And I don't know, I, I've never, I don't, not part of it, but I would be curious to know what that that kind of money gets you, right? And it get, but it gives you the thing about masterminds and and uh, Napoleon Hill, who wrote Think and Grow Rich, talks about the power of the mastermind, and and power of the mastermind can be used for good, but it can also be used for evil as well. And mm. it seems like all of these people have just been swept up and indoctrinated, and and they are. That you know, they're around other people that are reinforcing and supporting everything that they're doing. So they, in their own minds, even though I'm sure when they really are still and connect with themselves, know intuitively that, that what they're doing is absolutely diabolical. And it's just a fascinating thing. Most people don't know that the World Economic Forum is, in fact, a mastermind. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a mastermind of Satanist 
uh, globalist, socialist, communists that want to take over the world. Absolutely. I mean, if I had the funds, I'd love to join just so I could expose them all. Right. Wouldn't it be um, fascinating? Right. Maybe we could crowdfund. Maybe not use. Uh, maybe use Give, Send, Go next time right. as well. You know, if I shaved my beard and maybe if I had your hairdo, I would maybe they wouldn't recognize me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but yeah, it's, you know, go read COVID-19, The Great Reset by Klaus Schwab. I mean, they're not hiding what their plan is. I mean, if you look at their website, I don't know if they still have that COVID-19 embedment that they had. But, dude, you could see their whole agenda, their whole plan, and all the partners. I mean, it was all these, ma- like every Apple, Amazon, Harvard, all these major organizations and companies have already bought into this nonsense. And I feel like, you know, the way, if this comes about, man, it's going to be like, you know, I'm glad I'm in the woods, but you know, I don't know. I, I feel like I need to go buy an Island and just go live on an Island and have my own little party, my own little country. But But why do you think I'm in Utah? (laughs) It's because every person around here owns about a hundred guns and a million rounds of ammunition. Yes. Well, that's good, dude. I, yeah, that's the thing. Never take away your remote hole punchers because that's, uh, you know, that's a constitutional right. And, and everyone's like, everyone for go- gun control is so funny because it's always the people that they want to take the guns away from, but never the government. If you're for gun control, then it goes both ways. The government can't have guns either, <laughs> right? But that's never going to happen. Well, look, growing up in New Zealand, Ben, the, I, I don't know when it happened. It would have been after I left, but the police never had guns. So it was it was un, like we used to shoot guns. We would have access to twenty twos and three oh eights with people that had gun licenses, but we never had the availability of guns. And I always remember thinking as a young man, like hearing about the US and all the gun shooting and all the other propaganda that comes out of it, like, man, why do they need guns over there? And then I and then I have come to realize the significance of it. And being in Melbourne, Australia, one of the most lockdown cities in the world at that time, how easily people just rolled over and allowed the government to come and just sweep everything away and it was heartbreaking when you come from a city that is voted regularly as one of the most livable cities in the world alongside vancouver incidentally all right to go and be completely ruined right and the vibe of that city right now like it was when i stood foot in frankfurt when i got out last year that was the only way i could get out to get to a book fair by the way in germany and I landed in Germany. I was like, oh, my goodness. I could feel this huge weight of, like, negative energy just shift off my shoulders. And Germany still had their challenges as well. But it was when I really stepped step foot in the, in the U.S. and I was able to go, this is what it's supposed to feel like. This is the greatest country in the world. You know, it's still flawed like a lot of countries. But if the USA, if other countries had been given the same freedoms that the USA had been given, the same things would be happening here, there, as it would here. So... That's just my little monologue about um, the significance of owning guns because where we are, it's predominantly Mormon as well. And they're preppers. These guys, these mofos have got like a year's worth of groceries underneath their, right. underneath their house. Yeah. Right. And and everyone's so well armed <laughs> that you would never dare cross someone or try and rob them because you're going to get a big shotgun shot to the head. Right, brother. Right, dude. That's, well, that's the thing. You know, the, the Second Amendment is not there for hunting. It's there for to hunt tyrants, right? I'm not ever like promoting violence. It's a, it's a, how do you say it? A non-aggressor thing. Like, don't tread on me. Yeah, that's the basically the whole point of it. It's like you know, the only way to ever ever justify an uh, using the Second Amendment is in self-defense, first of all. And you know, when 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 tyranny is law, you know, it's we have a duty as citizens to, to be defiant and patriots to be defiant of that tyranny. And, you know, but in a respectful manner. And, you know, I love the, I don't know the quote or the saying, but it's like, you know, we are, we're peaceful. In order to be peaceful, you need to be also dangerous, right? Because if we're not, if we don't have the ability to be dangerous, then we're just harmless and not really peaceful. But we are peaceful because I I have an arsenal, but I'm peaceful. I would never, ever, ever, ever use my guns or anything in um, in any manner outside of self defense, and that's that's the reality of the situation. And uh, but I I do have an arsenal. I think it's very important that we are uh, trained upon using those arms. I mean, you're never ever going to get rid of guns. You're never going to get uh, rid of weapons. And and the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And you know, I I I promote 
the, all the, you know, you want to stop all the public school shootings. shootings. Well, a 2,700 page gun bill by Dianne Feinstein is not going to stop um, guns. It's not going to stop violence. I mean, uh, Cain killed Abel with a rock. It's, this is a heart issue. It's not a gun issue. A gun is a tool. It's an inanimate object. And it's terrible when you hear gun shootings. I It breaks my heart. It makes me so upset and mad. I mean, people need Jesus. They need a change of heart in this world. But, you know, we need to be protected. It's this, this, read the Second Amendment. I mean, so a well-armed militia. I mean, that's what it should be about. We are, we the people. And the government works for us. You know what I mean? And that's, and it's the, the, the tool of the being armed is it brings us to the chess table. And they need to respect the people when, you know, I believe it was um, goodness when the people, I think it was Benjamin Franklin that stated this, when the people um, fear the government, there's tyranny. But when the, when the government fears the people, there's liberty. Yeah. I mean, mean, brother, I was going to say something. Oh, the majority of the, the school shooters have psychotropics. They have, um, they're on antidepressants. They they're on these uh, pharmaceutical drugs for you know antipsychotics. Like there's that's a whole other rabbit hole. Not I'm not an area of an expertise for me, but I know Vera Sharov. I think was talking about this. Um, it's it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Like, but but the guns are going to be the thing that saves this country because if America falls, people don't realize like the poop's really going to hit the fan. Oh, dude, and, right. Rednecks so, are going to be worth their value in gold. I mean, you know what I mean? Did you hear what I said? Rednecks? I mean, I'm a redneck through and through. And it's like, you know, us rednecks are, we are worth our value in gold because it's like, you know, country boy can survive. You know, we got, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, we know how to set a trot line and, you know, skin a buck and we know how to do these things. And, you know, these city yuppies, it's like, you know, we need to get back to our roots. And that's why I like, I moved to the woods and I'm teaching my boys how to hunt and, and fish and homestead and do all these things. And that's a lost art friend. You know what I mean? I think there's a great movie that you should rewatch. If you've watched it already called the river runs through, it's got Brad Pitt and a few other people in it. Um, You know, the fly fishing one, dude, I just took my boy trout fishing in Wisconsin and he just, he was hooked. Oh, there's a pun there, but, uh, (laughs) but he, he was, he, you know, he, it's very spiritual, you know, and it's, there's something about it. Just, you know, trout fishing is the, it's a spiritual thing. And I, I feel like every man should do it. Um, it's like a, the rite of passage. Yeah. So. I might change my ringtone to. Uh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to, I want to grant you a wish that will guaranteed be answered or a prayer that you could pray that would guaranteed be answered to solve all of the world's problems. Hypothetically, of course. What is it? What's the wish? Because mm. I've got one. If you get stuck, that just came to me as we're talking about well, this. Yes, I do. It's a spiritual one. I mean, I'm a, I, you know, I'm the older I get, man, the less I care about what people think, and I don't care to be bold and, and speak freely anymore. I just don't care about. I do care, but I don't care. And yeah. so, John Wesley stated that if I had three hundred men who feared nothing but God hated nothing but sin, and were determined to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. I'd set the world on fire. So when you ask me that, that's my wish. That's, yeah, we, that's far better than what I thought. And I thought it was going to be a great answer. Wow, that that is profound. Do you want to hear what mine was? Yes. I was going to make everyone speak the truth, like make it impossible to lie. And then I was like, holy God, that's going to open up a few rabbit holes. When you, what, what were you just thinking? <laughs> yes, right. right. But, but you, you kind of get the, the, um, the background behind it, like forcing people to speak the truth. The, my whole philosophy in life, Ben, is that I just want to know the truth, right? So I can make an Dude. decision, right? Well, right. That's what it's all about, brother. I mean, think about the, right now. It's like we live in a time right now where there is a massive universal deception, and not just in the vaccine world, the pharmaceutical industry but on all fronts, you know what I'm saying? Like you told me earlier, you mentioned a flat earth dude. Like I'm going on this route. I used to make fun of flat earthers. Right. And I'm like, you are an idiot. And I started listening. I'm like, 
wait a minute, like that's, they got some really good points here. And then I'm trying to like, think about it. Like, you know, and it's like, I still want to call him an idiot, but I'm like, dude, you, you do make sense. And you're a legit, like critical thinking person. And you you, you have some really sound points here. And so, and I'm like, gosh, my flat earther now, like I start, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? So like, anyway, but there's crazy stuff out there, science stuff, even just the, the age of the earth, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, uh, you know, people say that the, the earth is billions of years old. I'm like hogwash. I start, uh, you know, you know, I start debunking this with other things. I, I had a patient bring me a book called inspired evidence. If you never read that book, it's like a devotion, but you know, I read that book probably a hundred times. And I'm like trying to challenge the things in this book. And I, and now I became like a massive fan of the Institute of Creation Research, like the ICR Institute. Dude, these are some of the most brilliant minds of our time. There's a dude in there that's got the biggest head I've ever seen. And I'm like, listen to that guy. I mean, we should start listening to people that have the biggest head circumferences. Like that dude's head circumference is massive. And he's one of the most brilliant minds of our time. And Everything he talks about is sound science, and he he admits that the the science that we're listening to is not sound science. It's not observational sound science, and the science is that has been indoctrinated into our school systems and everything else is all theoretical BS. That's why I choose to homeschool my children so they learn true sciences and stuff. So it's a fascinating time to be alive, friend. So I don't know why I even talk about that, and I'm sorry if I talk way too fast. I had three cups of coffee, which is three times my limit. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, you're you're all good. I'm I'm loving this. Um, I'm fascinated to know what. So, what is the approximate age of the Earth based on this this um, this people you're kicking around with? Yeah, dude. Can we just go down this? I don't even care. Like the vaccine stuff's fun to talk about, but it's such a heavy topic. Dude, That's I had a flat Earth guy on the show. Like, like, right, dude, I get right, a right. about. <laughs> I get hit up like a hundred times a day. Dude, can you help me with this vaccine stuff? So it's just like, ugh. Like I get bombarded with this. So like. You know, and I feel very called to do this. So don't get me wrong. If you if you have a question about vaccines, you can reach out to me. And I'm sorry if I have a bad attitude right now, but it's like <laughs> one of those things where I just get bombarded with a lot of this negativity. I'm like, ah, you know, I just want to like, you know, I don't know, just shake it off and pick myself back up, and I'll stop whining here. But anyway, but yeah, the uh, what did you ask me? I'm sorry. It was it like what what is the approximate age of the Earth based on the oh. the new information you're getting? Well, I. I think it's a young earth, 3,000 or 6,000 years old. I think it's more um, in in line with the Bible's uh, timeline. You know, that people say like, oh, Genesis was written on a poet poetic type scenario and a day to the Lord might not be a day to us. I'm like, that's not really truly accurate. I think the day, a day to us is a day to the Lord. But, you know, in heaven and eternity, time doesn't really exist, but we have time. And, and uh, I think a day is a day, right? And so... I, you know, and if you look at like, uh, let's say polystrate fossils, for example, polystrate fossils. Um, what are they fossils? What sort of fossils are they? So a polystrate fossil is a tree fossil. Right. It's, okay. Uh, with the, the rings? Rock. With the rings? The tree uh, rings? No. Uh, let me see if I can. I A polystrate fossil is a is a fossilized tree in the rock layers. Um, and you said you're going to have video. So if I show you a picture of it. Yeah. For anyone who's listening on uh, Spotify, uh, you jump across to YouTube. Yeah, go to poly, P-O-L-Y, straight, S-T-R-A-T-E, or they're sometimes known as polystrata fossils, I believe, or but polystrate. Oh, okay, this is cool. a polystrate fossil. Look at this. See that cool? Yeah, like, wow. Okay, let me give you an example of public school. Ready? There it is. Can you see? You don't see the move fossil. it. Move it to your right. Nope, not yet. This is poly. Oh, this is a, okay. This yeah. Is, this is an example of public school. Hey, yeah. these rock layers are, oh, look at my giant band-aid right there. Okay, so. <laughs> okay, so basically there's the, uh, Rock layers, these were the Jurassic era. This is billions of years ago, and these were formed billions of years ago. Uh, this is the there were dinosaurs left. Oh, don't don't look at that. Don't look, oh, look at my big cup. <laughs> don't look at that, but let's just keep this, right? Don't look at that. They, you know, we're not even taught taught about these things, right? I've never seen this before in my life. Nobody like right. It's very rare do people ever look at the polystrate fossils. We're we're not taught about polystrate fossils because people are gonna be like, Well, well what about that tree right there? <laughs> <laughs> those trees dude were there's thousands of them all on the rock layers right and if they were formed billions of years ago the trees would be per or horizontal parallel with the rock layers not perpendicular and then you got people like well they just grew up to the rock layers through the years and they they worked their way up oh with zero sunlight and they just kind of worked through the rock layers so like, wow what tree ever does that and thousands of trees hmm i am having a hard time just keeping my trees alive in my forest 
uh, but yet you can grow them in the rock layers that were billions of years ago. It doesn't make zero sense. You see what I'm saying? Like zero sense. Their, their logic, there's no logic, right? What is that Princess Bride? It's inconceivable, right? But like you got, <laughs> but the, these rock Inconceivable. Layers. He had a bit it's, of a list. Inconceivable, right? Uh, you know. But like, but you got these fossilized trees. They're perpendicular. And the only way that's possible through a giant flood. Well, let's point back to the Bible where the, what what's you know, God flooded the earth. And that's proof that God flooded the earth. But that's uh that's all hogwash. Let's take everything we can and formulate all of our theories and opinions without God in the equation. Well, they were formed billions of years ago and those just happened to grow through the rock without sunlight. Oh, so you have a that makes perfect sense. So you have you have the same kind of trees, a forest and these rock layers that just all grew together. That's the chance of that happening is like it's not possible. The only way that's possible is through a giant global flood. And so it's fascinating. So that, that debunks the rock layer, the ages of the rocks. And then you have the, um, what is it? The bristlecone pine. You know, I, I believe that there was a bristlecone pine. It's the, it's the slowest and oldest living or it, sorry, it doesn't make any sense. The oldest living organism um, in, in the world is a bristlecone pine tree. And, you know, what a way for uh, God to really, label um you know the tree rings is a great way an indicator of time and we know that the bristlecone pine grows an inch every hundred years right and so they can date that thing back there was one that was like six thousand years old like from the beginning of time they on the top on the rings you could almost see the flood occur in the bristlecone pine and so it's fascinating and so when i every time i um you know, see these books too that are like oh the you know 680 million years ago they had a Tyrannosaurus Rex that was walking the earth and like all this dinosaur books. I love reading about dinosaurs, but like I tell my kids, ah, that's garbage. Don't listen to that. It's all propaganda. And it's, it's people read that though, and it's just very, very subtle, but they read that. And it's like, you know, it's indoctrination. It's a very in, indoctrination tactic. And so, you know, well, what about the what about the dinosaurs? When, when were they around? Uh I I believe, you know, well, when the dinosaur word was coined what in 1800 or 1760, something like that. And they called it dragons before then. Right. And that's not like just me being a conspiracy nut. It's that's the history. Go, go re research the word, the coined term dinosaur. And so uh, dinosaurs were in Noah's time. Dinosaurs walked the earth. I mean, that's, that's, uh, uh, you know, a reality situation, but look at the, what was it? A T-Rex femur found by a lady named Mary Schweitzer who found soft tissue on a femur of a T-Rex. There's another gentleman that found a, uh, soft tissue on a different type of dinosaur. And he they fired him because he wrote an, a paper on it saying, hey, this probably challenges the whole narrative of the timeline of the earth. How can he, <laughs> you know, they fired him for for raising questions and having some an ounce of critical thinking. Are you kidding me? Do you see what I'm saying? It's like, so that being said, we need to ask questions. Stop thinking inside the box of the television. Notice I have no TV. That's a manipulative vision like it's going to teach teach you what to think, and that's the the whole point of school. Truly educating our children is to teach them how to think, not what to think, and that's the problem. We need to have God gave you a brain, use it, and that's what we need to do. So anyway, going back to that, you know, that's why I say the science is never settled in every field. Say, telling our young children that the science is settled is absolutely child abuse because it. It, you discourage the explorers, you discourage the innovators, you discourage in every field of science. Science is never settled. I hate that bumper sticker slogan. It's like, I don't know. Anyway, it's just, sorry, I'm going down a tangent. <laughs> I love this so much. Well, here's something that might be of interest to you. So I'm, uh, unbeknownst to you, I'm a, an ultra runner. Um, I may not look like it, but um, in July last year, I completed a 30 miler, which is not the longest I've run, but uh, on zero sugar, right? And I did it on. I had a ribeye for breakfast, uh, two half a two liters or half a gallon of homemade bone broth with lots of liver and spleen, uh, nine slices of that Yalsberg cheese with the holes in it, and about ten thousand milligrams of sodium right through the element salt salt sachets. And I was medically supervised. Um, a friend of mine who's a sports medicine doctor, and I did it in like six and a half hours. And my ketones were like. 0.3 when I started millimole and 2.2 when I finished, which is like a four-day fast. My blood sugar was like 4.7 millimoles, which is different to you guys. So maybe like in the 90s and then it was like 3.3. So maybe in the 70s, it's pretty low. But I recovered faster from that race double time than any other 
race, even even running double the distance, right? And so later this year, early 2023, I'm going to be experimenting by doing a medically supervised dry fast, right? So nil by mouth between five to nine days. And mm-hmm. most people, right, would think you're going to be dead. You're going to, you can't live with that water. Well, we know that's not true. And, and a lot of this data comes out of Russia, which have been doing this stuff forever. And in fact, when Chernobyl happened, they used dry fasting to help chelate a lot of the radiation poisoning from people. Mm-hmm. So do you, have you got any experience or any comments on this? On fasting? or Dry, just- dry fasting, yeah, in particular. Oh. It's the it's the healthiest thing you can do for your body. Think about everything we eat, consume, how systemically draining that is for the body. I mean, you only have so much energy in the body, right? You only have so much your body produces. And so when we consume in foods, especially your processed garbage, nutritionally bankrupt foods that are made in a plant with no nutritional quality whatsoever, nutritionally bankrupt, garbage processed foods. I mean, think how much energy that takes for your body to break that food down. So when you fast, you're you're starving that, and your body can utilize its energy sources on different areas of the body. And your body has things in it where it can provide and convert things into other nutrients or sugars or different things by taking proteins and doing things and doing and that. And your liver is a mineral pa- a mineral powerhouse and vitamin powerhouse. It can produce things from for you know in the gut and the and, or in the, from the liver and whatnot and provide for the body. So. This whole thinking of, oh, we, your body can only survive just a few short days without water and, and, and nutrients. And your body is more capable of, of you know, uh, of healing and and uh, more capable of overcoming certain circumstances than what, you know, big pharma and Fauci and the government has really permitted us to believe. And your body is very, very, um, you know, nothing really surprises me with the body anymore. I mean, your body is a, is, is really self-regulating, like I said earlier and self-healing and fasting is a great way to strip the body from its, from toxins. And, and, uh, so I, I'm a big believer of it. I fasted the, uh, a water fast for 10 days. And this is really when I didn't know anything. I was young. I was dumb. I fasted just I'm like, you know what? I was going to drink water uh, for 10 days. See how it treats me. And then after the, on the 11th day, I was at a, uh, a wedding uh, rehearsal dinner, and uh, this is what I did. This is how stupid I was. I went to All You Can Eat Famous Dave, right? and I was like, <laughs> I was like, let's do it. I've been starving for ten days, and like, and uh, yeah, that was not a good way. There's a right way and wrong way to come off a of fast. Can so. I predict what happened? Oh yeah, sure. Explosive diarrhea within about a few hours. Dude, I barely even made it to the bathroom. <laughs> It was like, hey, this is so good. And it was like, oh, gosh. Like, I had like, it was one of those where like there was no warning, right? I had like last minute, fourth quarter, Hail Mary, pinch your butt cheeks together. Like, oh, gosh. And then run as fast as you can to the bathroom. And that was like, I was like, what the hell was I thinking there? Yeah. Anyway, I could feel the ribs going through my colon. Yes. At, at the speed of light. Yes. Yeah. So anyway. Ah, oh, that is brilliant. Well, I've been there. I've uh, I haven't gone that fa- that long with the with the wet fast, but now I understand the the significance of taking electrolytes um, when I'm fasting as well. Like um, being and being a low carb athlete, so but there's there's some longevity. People are getting 25 extra good years in their lives by doing these dry fasts once a year. And I'm not telling people to go out and do this blindly. Like you got to research this stuff, right? You got to understand. You got to know what's going on. But the body is so unbelievably remarkable, and I feel I. I can heal all of my abuse that I did in my body with my drinking and drugs and all the other you know stuff that I used to do. So it's um I'm excited and I'll be keen to report back, let you know how I go with a with a dry fast. Don't eat all your fame famous Dave's and you'll be fine. Right? <laughs> right, right. Ben, how can people get a hold of you? Well, you can uh you know find me on Facebook and Ben Tapper on Facebook. Uh, you can go on Instagram, Dr. Ben Tapper. I'm Shadow Ben on most pa- platforms. You can find me on Gab. I'm trying to grow my Gab um, following. It's I think it's just Dr. Ben Tapper. Even though I feel every time I open up Gab app, I feel like I'm going back in the late 90s when internet first came about. And it's like, oh my goodness, I have to go dial up internet because there's not really an app that's allowed on the platform yet. But uh, Dr. Ben Tapper on Gab, you can go to Instagram, Dr. Ben Tapper, if it pulls up. You can go to the timeisnow.movie, not .com. Um, I swear the powers that be, they released a film the same time we did called, and coincidentally, their movies called The Time Is Now as well. No kidding. 
Yeah, no kidding. Isn't that crazy? So yeah, it's uh everyone's like, hey, this is your film. I'm like, no, it's not. Ours is dot movie. There's a dot com. So the time is now dot movie. Um, and you know, you don't have to do the email capture right at the, the get go. A little secret if you just click the X on the top right, you don't have to put your email in there. A lot of people are like, I don't want my email, but you don't have to put your email. Just hit the X and hit play, and you can watch our movie for free, free 99. If you want to make a donation, that would be awesome. Uh, because that's we're trying to get another docuseries out. Uh, so we are, you know, again, we are 100% donation based and, uh, we're not doing this for prosperity. We're doing this for the greater good and for our children's children's children to get the truth out there the best we can. And that's what it's all about. Well, you've been absolutely brilliant, Ben, and I'm, uh, I'm honored to know you and, and, uh, this is the hardest I've laughed for a little while. Do you have any concluding thoughts for our audience today? You know, goodness. What can you take away from this interview? Let's let's recap. Vaccines were bad, okay? Uh, don't trust Alchie Fauci. Listen to the doctors that care. Trust your body. Your body can heal itself. Give the body what it needs. Nature doesn't need interference. Um, it doesn't need help. It just needs no interference, right? That's what I meant. Uh, don't eat all you, all you can eat famous Dave's after a fast. Um, the earth isn't as old as what we're told. Don't ever trust the uh, the bumper sticker slogans. And be courageous. God calls us to be bold and courageous. And, you know, courage is um, is something that can ignite a change. It can ignite a movement. Thomas Jefferson said that one man with courage is a majority because when, when we stand up in the times of tyranny and deceit, um, people have a longing for truth. And we need to understand that that soil for truth right now was rich and we never know how far reaching something we may think, say, or do today will affect the lives of millions tomorrow. And your voice matters. And by golly, uh, you know, if I can get out and speak, a redneck like myself can get out there and speak and and spark change in people and get a following, well, then you can absolutely do it. Because I'm just an idiot that lives in the woods that just had some conviction that was greater than my fear of persecution and complacency. And I spoke in the, in times of, of uh, when it wasn't popular. And again, Martin Luther King Jr. stated that there must come a time when we choose a position that's not safe nor politically correct nor popular, but we must do it because our conscience tells us it is the right thing to do. And so I pray that you were encouraged by this, inspired by this. And brother, if you are ever in the woods of Nebraska, you have a place that you can come visit. We can shoot our remote hole punchers. We can drink some natural ice together and we can have a good old time, buddy. So anytime you're this way, let me know. Well, from the world's best courage coach to the most courageous man I know, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Ben Tapper. Seven days a week and 24 hours Yeah, I got the business saying this boy sure is up to something Why don't you come and listen? Just don't hit the power button They say I'm crazy when I say I got them superpowers It's Laban Ditchburn and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast The reason for this message was this If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel Or you're seriously thinking about starting something up In order to get your message out into the world I want to make something available to you Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training where I will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available. And not only just bring them on, but to develop relationships with them that build into know, like, and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire. You'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience. Go to podcastingheroes.com. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-H-E-R-O-E-S.com.